What's up, JFW family? Welcome back to the Channel 23 podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to reach out and touch the fleet, to engage and inform everyone with all things JFW. Good morning, guys. Morning, everybody. Welcome back, all you high road haulers. Good morning. Episode 13 is uh, back on the rise. We had 191 downloads, which is up from the previous two weeks with the holidays and everything. We have 100 followers, and our all-time downloads is 3210. So, pretty cool. That's good. Aladdin said last episode was fire, and I'm probably going to screw up this name. I don't think I'm going to pronounce it right, but... SSC7G65Q95YJR said, just amazed how each and every episode get better and better. I get so much out of these. I end up after each episode odd and saying to myself, wow. So whoever you are, we'd like to know that. Let me know. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for listening. That's great. Scooby asked me the other day, he's like, Jam, how come you don't ever talk about yourself in the podcast? So he wanted to know a little bit and hope it's okay. We talk about money here real quick. Before I came to JFW, I was making six figures a year, and then I got fired from the toy company because I was their worst employee. (laughs) Right into the dad joke. That was smooth. (laughs) Time for the dad joke challenge. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'll jump in there because my buddy Rick Gray that works here, um, he's been hitting me up with uh, several dad jokes. And uh, by the way, Rick's been here or will be here 13 years in May. So he's a good go-to guy if you need any information or need some help. But he was telling me that uh, at the place he was at the other day, there was a janitor working and stuff. And the guy jumped out of the closet. And do you know what the guy said when he jumped out of the closet, the janitor? What did the janitor say? Supplies. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. He, and I, I got it because Rick hit me with another one. I got, I got to do another one here, you guys. Uh, he was also telling me that uh, he was looking forward to the baseball season coming up, you know, here. And uh, he said, just out of the blue, he was like, and you know, pancakes, that baseball is their their favorite sport. Do you guys know why? Why? Because they have the best batter. Oh. <laughs> well, here's another, here's another Rick Gray dad joke. He said, uh, what do you call two cows that are staring at each other? Move something. Steak out. You got it. Oh, Super out. Dave. <laughs> Not only does Super Dave have good dad jokes, he knows the other people's. Right. Right? Champion. Thanks, wow. Rick, for the help, buddy. <laughs> well, I'll follow that up with mine. How many paranoids does it take to change a light bulb? Why do you want to know? You got it, Jim. <laughs> Who wants to know? <laughs> oh, I had two, and Dave, I, I, I didn't know which one I was going to use until you did that, so... How many snowboarders does it take to change a light bulb? Oh, boy, I don't have that one on the top of my head. 50. The first three die trying. 45 after say, oh, bro, I can do that. (laughs) And then three succeed. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that adds up to 50. I didn't even check. I have to check that math. Oh, man. Not bad. Celebrations. Happy birthday to Vincent and 0056. Gilbert Benny in 0066 and Nat Bisignano in 0031. They all had their birthdays on January 24th. Happy birthday, guys. Happy birthday, everybody. Yeah, lucky 24. Happy birthday. Shout-outs. We got uh, Craig Brislin wanted to give a shout-out to Scooby and some other drivers that stopped to help him out. He was broke down at Union, and uh, Scooby jumped up and helped him shove his trailer out, and a lot of drivers stopped by to make sure he was okay. 
Shout out to Andrew Fetner. Andrew Fetner's safety score has been improving on Samsura. He is 95 out of 100 right now. He's creeping up on Canelo, who's at 97. But watch out, Canelo. Andrew's on your heels here. Hey, thanks, Andrew, too. Just if I could interrupt just a second, Jim. Uh, just so you guys know, we brought Andrew in a couple weeks ago and to a safety committee, and he was having some uh, driving situations that were popping up on the camera and, and, and a call-in and stuff, and we spoke to him, and he was receptive to what was going on, and, and obviously he's made a big change. So thanks, Andrew, for listening and being receptive to our coaching. Absolutely. Man, seeing those changes are great, too. Yeah. You know, instead of just blowing it off and not being better, to see the change happen is, it's heartwarming. It really feels good. It yeah. is. It's also energy well spent. Right. You know, it's like, oh, it was worth pouring into this person because they get it, they're absorbing it, and they're making changes. So. Absolutely. What's also cool is how, how you guys call him Canelo. I don't know. Oswaldo. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> how he set the bar. Right. That's impressive. And we kind of thought that would happen. I should probably pull his camera out. And, and put him in somebody yeah. else's camera for the last two weeks on the trial. Unless we end up keeping those cameras, guys. <laughs> I'm ready to start arm wrestling right now. Right, right. Shout out to Jen and Dispatch just uh, for being amazing and so tough. One of the most resilient, tough people I know. Yeah, absolutely, Jen. I, I mean, I'll talk about resilience a little later in the in the podcast here. But yeah, Jen, shout out to you. You're a tough cookie. You're fighting through a lot right now. And and uh, love having you here, and love having all the all the hard work you've you've done over the years. You're, you're great. So, yep. Linda wants to give a shout out to the Sunday Corps drivers this past Sunday, David Gaten and Ryan Emerling. We were short staff, and they stepped up as their usual great selves, is what she said. And then uh, she also wanted to give a shout out to Josh James. We just started a hall out of a new hall out of uh, Sweetwater Brewery in Fort Collins. It was snowing. It was nasty. He went into it blind, didn't know anything about it. And, I mean, we kind of dropped the ball on that, the leaders. He should have kind of known what was going on. But he went up there and knocked it out. So thanks, Josh. Awesome. Thank you, Josh. Yeah, thanks, Josh. I know we don't mention everybody or all, all the guys that knock it out of the park. But, you know, for you, Josh, I know you took care of Coors at night all by yourself for, what, Super Dave, too? Over, over a year, yeah. Yeah, over a year so. Man, if again, one of those guys, if anybody needs any help, Josh is always willing to help, and he's got a lot of knowledge. Yeah, it's tough, you guys. Whenever you go in blind to a delivery or something that's not run-of-the-mill, you know, we, we deliver all these loads of rock to plant 2 or plant 12, and it's, it's the usual thing. We do it over and over. But, boy, you get sent into some strange town, and I know Fort Collins is not a strange town, but we really don't do very many deliveries up in Fort Collins. And then uh, you don't know where you're going. You don't know what the routine is. You have no idea what you're going to find when you get there. And uh, Josh handled it well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's exciting to go to a new hall. Like, you're the first one. No one's ever done it. You're like the the test dummy, so to speak. You are. (laughs) Fresh tracks in the snow, man. You're cutting path. But anytime I've gone to a new hall, I've known that I was going to a new hall. Like, Josh just got it. Like, nobody talked to him about it. So. <laughs> just to tease Josh, uh, he didn't read his dispatch. <laughs> that's, right. that's that's what I found out. So, Josh, got to read those dispatches, buddy. <laughs> okay, we went there. <laughs> Any other shout-outs, guys? 
Ah, no, that's a good yeah. list, Jim. I just I, I love when you bring the people up, and and it's good to have this in the in the podcast. Absolutely. Um, hey, I do I do have one shout out, Jam, and right. I don't necessarily know it's a shout out. It's more of a get well soon type scenario. I know the whole Wash Bay has been shut down with the exception of one guy. Right. Rich has been out with COVID. I mean, he's I think he's starting on week three. He actually was taken to the hospital yesterday. Yeah. I guess he's. He's so weak he hasn't been able to eat because he hasn't almost eaten for 15 days. And yeah. He's having a tough go of it. So uh, shout out, Rich. I hope you get well soon, man. I uh, hope everybody gets on their feet. This yep. COVID's the real deal. I know you know some people make fun of it, and some of our family members have lost family members from it. Yeah. So it is the real deal. We get it. You know, it's, it's kind of becoming a part of life. But gosh, man, I hope you, hope you get well soon, buddy. Absolutely. Yeah, to follow up on that, Dave, I got to shout out to Lane, Lane Walker. He's been the sole guy standing out there. He's been washing all by himself for the past week. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The whole wash bay is sick except for him. So yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys are, if you guys are into praying, throw a couple of riches away. That's for sure. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about the Marshall Fire again, Dave? What we're doing and. Yeah, uh, Jam, right quick. I mean, I know you sent out the bamboo notice uh, yesterday or the day before. Gosh, I've lost track with the snowstorm here. But anyway, our end date is next Friday, February 4th. Uh, If you guys are going to make any donations, and it doesn't matter what anyone donates, JFW will match that fund. If you donate 10 bucks, JFW matches 10 bucks. If you donate 100 bucks, JFW donates 100 bucks. So uh, please, you know, this is a thousand families lost their home and. We actually had uh, Anthony Harper's wife show up here and, and delivered some money for us, made a made a point to go out of her way and bring it to the main office here. And they had some friends in the fire that lost everything. And, you know, when you sit down and you think about it, we're sitting here doing this podcast. We're in front of all of our microphones. We have our computers. We have our pens, our paper. I'm looking at a model on the table. I'm drinking a monster out of the refrigerator over here. And looking at a fan and all the supplies we have, and these people have nothing. They have nothing but the clothes on their back and the car they drove out with because they didn't have time to pack up. They didn't have time to grab anything. And, you know, I thought about that. Every night I go home and I'm like, wow, I, I park in my garage in my house. I, I walk in my kitchen and my wife made dinner last night. And, wow, I mean, it. you think these people lost everything. They don't have a pen. I'm sitting here holding a pen in my hand. Their, their pens are burned. They're gone destroyed so anything you guys can donate again we're we've we've i don't want to say we've teamed but fiori tasked us with trying to raise money along with them and and we're taking the challenge you know and putting it out there to you guys and you know bless all you guys for anyone that has helped thank you so much it means a lot to us and and to the families up there so thank you how's that been going I mean, I, I see money going upstairs every once in a while. It seems like every day we're collecting money, Jam. I, we yeah. haven't sat down and done a count, right. you know, and tallying it every day. I just, you know, thank everyone that's delivered. I've had so many people just walk up and they just hand me 20 bucks. You know, here's right. 50 bucks. Here's 100 bucks. Here's, you know, blah, 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 whatever the, the money's is, Jam. And we're sure. just, you know, taking it when it's all said and done next Friday. We'll count it all out. And we'll write a check for double that, and and off we go. So awesome. yeah, we're we're super stoked. I mean, I hope we raise five grand. Right. You know, I, I think those families need at least five thousand dollars. You know, to to divide amongst a thousand homes, that's not very much money per home, but no. it's better than nothing. So thank everyone, you know, for helping us out. 
And there's been guys asking if uh, we could just take the money out of their paycheck. And we're sorry, guys and girls. It's just uh, that's a logistics nightmare. And, you know, if you could just stop by ATM and you could send the money over with, with your paperwork or pad or if you need me to come get it, I'll meet you at Choco, whatever we got to do. But it's just kind of a nightmare to try to pull it out of your check and take care of that for you. So apologies there. Yeah, and if you guys didn't catch it, like Dave was saying, February 4th, it's going to come to an end, right. which is uh, next Friday. Yeah, not yep. this Friday, the next one, yep. Yep, yep, and we'll, we'll, like Dave said, count it all up and see where we're at, and we'll match it. Family birthdays, uh, we did send out another bamboo announcement yesterday. We want to celebrate your family's birthdays and your anniversary. We talked about that when Paco was on the podcast. This is just a way to uh, be engaged with, with everything else you got going on in your life. You know, JFW is not only you, but your families, and we'd like to take care of them a little bit. We sent out a signature document yesterday. I'm looking, we had 55 people actually fill those out. A couple of them forgot to actually put the birthdays down, but I'll give you a call about that. <laughs> it's like, cool, we know your wife's name, thanks. <laughs> so yeah, if you could, the rest of you guys fill it out, but it's like anything else. We, we went to, I should have put a bigger explanation on the actual document. I sent the bamboo out, then I sent a separate document, and I could see, like, people are looking at it and not signing it, and, and that's my fault. I should have put a little bit of explanation on the document itself. So we did do that for the new hire packet, though, so guys know what they're signing when they, when they start working here. Awesome. Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, something we all discussed about in our steering committee, you guys, that we keep trying to be different do more and more and I have the creed sitting in front of me this morning and and uh, you know part of celebrating your family's birthdays is because you know together we are the JFW family that's that's the last one on the on the list here and um, you know the the third one down here is we joyfully create honest value for those we serve and your families all serve us also because they're they're taking care of each other they're taking care of you they might be getting you up in the morning. Your wife or significant other might be fixing your lunch. And, and it's, it's just another part of our, our extended family that we need to serve. And we'd like to celebrate your family's birthdays with you. Uh, so hopefully you guys can get that signature page filled out and, and get it back in. Yep, it is optional too. Yep. There are people that are just going to be like, you know what, I don't want you involved with my family or I don't want them involved with you. And that's fine. Yeah. It's not requirement. You're not in trouble if you don't do it. But... It would be nice to be able to do it. I'm sure your your loved ones would appreciate it. So, Brother Dave, you want to talk about the 401k a little bit? I know you've been crunching some numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Not the free money. <laughs> free money. Yeah. No, I would love to. I mean, 401k near and dear to my heart. And I I guess this is something, you know, I it's so important, Jam, and we've talked about this before, that this is the long game, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, your your retirement... No one sits here, none of us even at the table at our ages, and I'm not saying we're old men, but we're certainly not in our 20s. All of us sitting here at the table are thinking about our retirement. Have we planned for our retirement? Are we thinking of our retirement? You know, and I guess JFW has a 401k program that I've talked to so many people about, and, you know, everybody kind of jokes because I make such a big deal. We're giving you free money. All you have to do is work here, and you donate, and we match it. It's free. No taxes come out of it. You didn't pay anything for it. It is your money for free. We match 2% of what you put in, right? So if you take 401k 
101 is what I call it, right? This is the educational side of a 401k. We're asking you or the general population, the average, puts away $40 a week for retirement. The easiest way to explain it is <laughs> we have a 2% match. Yes. So if you take 2% of your paycheck, we'll match that 2% of your paycheck. So Absolutely. if you put 40 in, we're going to put 40 in. Now, if you put 1% in, we don't match the 1%. If you put 5% in, we're still going to match 2%. Correct. You got to contribute Correct. a minimum of 2%. If you contribute 2%, we match it, but you can contribute more. There's guys putting 10, 12% of their paychecks. Yeah, yeah. It's, which, it's amazing. Which is amazing. Yeah. So I've ran numbers on what your minimum to put in is, which is 40 bucks a week, our minimum to match that, right? So basically... If you just take somebody that's that's at that minimum amount, the minimum contribution from you and in conjunction with us is $3,500 a year put away, right? That's us giving you, it's roughly $1,500 a year is what JFW contributes. And these are averages, you guys. The more you make, the more is contributed for free money from JFW. I mean, we have, if you make $100,000 here, obviously that 2% is higher. If you only make $60,000 here, that 2% is less, right? So anyway, I kind of base this on a, on a $70,000 a year income. So your your 3% that you put in, our 2% match, minimum is a $3,500 a year contribution. If you start that at age 25 and do that every year repeatedly for 40 years, and I know you just sat there and said, holy crap, 40 years Simple math, you guys. All of us have been working by age 25. Even if you went to college and you're getting your doctorate, you're working at age 25. We're almost all going to work to the age of 65. I mean, I, I know there's a lot of people that retire early at 62. You can draw your unemployment and blah, 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 blah. But I just did simple math. I mean, from age 25 to 65, that's 40 years. Well, in that 40 years time, if you stayed working here, JFW would have given you over $105,456 for free. Wow. In that 40 years time, I'm sorry, $105,000 free money. There's no taxes in that. There's no nothing. So 40 years, you get $100,000 for free. Yeah. You can look at that and go, holy crow, that's, a, that's $105,000 for free. But... You've put in 158000 right? It's made a ton of interest. Historically, the lifetime of 401ks since they've been inception averages anywhere from 3 to 8% on average per year. So you take their averages of what, what that 401k has made, and in that 40 years, you've got a combined amount of $843,000, all generated from working here at JFW. You've nice. put in the minimum and we've put in the minimum. You've worked here 40 years and you're just shy of a million dollars. These are minimum amounts. It doesn't take much. You know, you could probably put in 60 bucks a week and hit that million dollar mark pretty easy. Right. So at age 65, if you just use the minimum numbers that I'm talking about, you've got $843,000 to live on in conjunction with your, your uh, social security that you draw. So... If you take that and say you're going to live another 20 years out to age 85, and I just picked a number. You know what I mean? I don't know. 
Some people die before 85. Some people die after 85. So I, I think 85 is a good solid number. If I hit 85, I'm going to be pretty happy, right? I'm good with 85. <laughs> so you can take a payout of $74,000 for the next 20 years. Oh, wow. That 401k would pay you out for 20 more years from age 65 to 85, $74,000 a year. So, oh. I mean, guys, gals, 40 bucks a week is cheap. We're going to match that. You're going to create some massive, massive amounts of money. And it all doubles over time. I mean, once you're in it 10 years, 12 years, 15 years, those numbers start amassing. And and it's just, it's incredible once they start getting bigger and then they get right, bigger right. and then they get bigger. I mean, the numbers, you know, you sit, it takes you a while to hit that 100,000 mark in savings. Right. And then once you've hit that 100,000 mark, it starts going up by tens and fifteens of thousands of dollars per year so it gets astronomical pretty fast and i I just i just can't emphasize it enough our goal here is the end game we want a job that a young person can come to work at have their career here and have a million dollars to retire on in 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 35 years right maybe not 40 if you contribute a little more we match that the more you contribute right so it's it's a win-win. Be part of this. When I say it's free money, it is truly free money. We're giving it to you for free. And I guess those are the things. We want the type of people to work here that look at that end game. If you're just stuck, you need to make 100 more bucks next week somewhere else. You're not looking at the end game. I guarantee you, you're not a person who's putting away 40 bucks a week for your retirement. And when you hit retirement age or something happens that you can't work, you have no, no net to save you. So, Yeah. Be part of our 401k, you guys. Not many places can say in a 40-year term they're going to get $105,000 for free from them or from their employer throughout that time. So anyway, that's my 401k gig. I kind of massacred it at the beginning, but it's it's all facts. Yeah, no doubt. You pulled it off. Uh, the thing about one, one regret that I have in my life, and I don't have a lot of regrets, is I didn't start saving for retirement sooner. And I feel that's the same for a lot of people in the workforce today. Oh, totally. uh, I do talk to some guys in our fleet that they're prepared, but if you don't want to work to the day that you die, you want to start saving now. Yeah, I'm I'm in your same boat, Jim. I didn't, we were never told about a 401k. I didn't know anything about it. I mean, I was married and 30 years old and, you know, my wife and I were like, oh, what are we doing? Yada, yada, yada. We need to start doing something, right? You know, so trying to make up lost ground now, which is doable, right? You adjust your lifestyle a little bit. Right. Maybe you don't eat out as much for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or, you know, you there's some type of sacrifice with every type of living, right? Yep. You know, I know people that are mortgaged to the hilt have to make so much money because they have car payments, four-wheeler payments, house payments, motorcycle payments, but they're like, if I die next week, I lived exactly how I wanted to live. <laughs> right. You know, and there's other people that forego everything because they want to have two and a half million dollars in the bank. So if they die, their kids get it. Right. Right. I I mean, that's to each their own. I I, I guess I just, I want to preach having that, that little nest egg there, that, that little something, because the bulk of us make it right. right? The bulk of us make it to 65. It's kind of a rarity if you don't. So, I mean, it's, it's a thing and it's a thing for a reason. So we really preach it. We want you guys to be part of it. It's important to our team. And I, I guess that's just another facet of what JFW has to offer. You can not only come to work here and drive killer equipment, 
killer trailers, right? You're going to make darn good money with our, our new prices that we have out. Yeah, we have some hectic schedules in the summertime. We go crazy. In the wintertime, we get a little bit of time off. It's hit and miss with some snowstorms. But you can work here and have a career and retire better than a lot of other places. And and with no college education to boot, Jim. Right. Right? Yeah. I think there's a healthy balance between just living for the moment and just preparing for the future. Because I saw my grandparents, they, they saved and saved and saved, and they didn't live at all. And then by the time they got to enjoy it, it was too late. Right. You know, then you see the people that just live on the edge all the time, and then, you know, they're struggling in their in their later years. So I think there's a good healthy balance, and you can find that here in JFW. You know, and yeah. I think... The older you get, the more you should contribute to your 401k. So, yeah, you know, if you're in your 20s or 30s and you're just starting out and you're still going to work for the next 20 or 30 or 40 years, 2% is probably good. You know, if you're getting close to retirement, I mean, that's, <laughs> I see some of these, you know, these experienced guys, they're getting close. You know, they're putting 10, 12, 13, 14% in their 401k, and, you know, that that's their mission at this point. Yeah. You know, one of the things, though, Jam, is if you just put the minimum in and start young, you don't need to take those big hits in the end, right? I mean, there's always uh, other ways to do it. I think it's great they're doing something, you know, but if you can start at 21, 22, 25, wherever you can start, start. And once you're used to it, I mean, after one year, you don't even think about it. Right. Your, Your check just comes and that money was withdrawn. We matched it. And off you go. You know what I mean? Yeah, great point. Free money. <laughs> great point. I don't know that I thought about that. Like, oh, you're putting 10% in. Great. Oh, I see why. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, let's face it. Stocks go up and down. Right. This is based off of the stock market. But traditionally, its entire life that it's ever been had, the stock market gains monies. It has right. highs and it has lows. Right. So that's the reason they say you have to ride it out. Right? So what's kind of scary is if you're putting it all in at the end, and there's a rough couple years in the stock market, you get a little panicky, right? Right. Because you don't have those reserves. But yeah, lots of of ways to do it. But man, start early, stay focused. And I guess that along with our PTO, and those are the things we offer. And, you know, I don't think we we drill it out there. You know, I, I know in individual conversations, I make the point, are you in our 401k? Do you realize that's free money? No taxes out of that. Right. Free money. <laughs> and also, guys, and I know it, it's probably hard to do because you see that money sitting there, and, and Dave's telling you it's for your future. Jam's telling you that you know he wishes he would have saved earlier, but try not to borrow against it, you guys. Right. That's your future. You know, any financial guru will tell you, don't borrow against your, your 401k. Keep that, you know, keep that safe and keep it building money in, in the stock market. So just my little tip. And then one other thing I like to joke with everybody about on that 401k, and just because I'm, I'm a little bit of a health nut, I try to take care of myself. All you smokers out there, take your cigarette money and dump it in that 401k. <laughs> You'll be a little healthier and a lot more richer. That's a great idea. Hey, so Dave, did you have anything down there? Nope. Okay. So yesterday uh, we got pulled over in Utah for uh, just a roadside inspection. You know, a uh, state trooper followed a few of our trucks and picked one out of the pack. And I don't think anybody was really doing anything wrong or following too close. You know, what? Why did he get stopped, Jim? He The trooper told him because his windshield was cracked. But how could he tell, you know, going down the highway? Maybe, maybe he's that good. I just know it would be hard to look up and be like, 
oh, there's three intersetting cracks in that windshield. <laughs> I'm going to pull him over. At 70 miles an hour. At 70 miles an hour. But it was clear as day that he had pretty dark window tint. Right. So that could be the actual reason. You know, who knows? Which any window tint on our side windows is illegal. Utah, any. yeah, Utah, you can't have any window tint. And I think Texas as well, right? So Colorado as well, Jim. Colorado Jammed. as well. So. And any window tint it, is, is it illegal not on this. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's yeah. federal. It's yeah. part of the DOT regulations. Yeah. And we've had, we've had municipalities, we've had troopers, we've had whoever stop us every now and then and hit our guys here and say, you know, that's illegal tint. So I, I'm just making it clear out there. That back window can have tint, but no other windows on that truck can have tint. Not on the front, not on the sides, because it is illegal. It just, what, what enforcement officer are you going to run into that day that decides to enforce it? You know, is it going to be City of Aurora? Is it going to be Colorado State Patrol? Is it going to be Utah? You know, and those, are, those are easy things to pick on. It's the easy pickings. You know, I was going to call it cherry picking. Yeah, you know totally, I mean? that, that, totally. Yeah. You know, we'll get we'll get to the catwalk later with Super yeah. Day, but yeah, it's just uh, oh, there's 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 an easy target right there. Absolutely, right? I've so, got to throw this out there really quick. I interviewed a guy the other day who said, you know, your trucks are always so clean and they're always beautiful, and man, they all have window tint on them. I love window tint, and they look so cool. <laughs> So that was attractive to him, you know, and, that, and I said and to a, him, I was like, well, listen, that's, we put that on the drivers. It's your responsibility. If you choose to have window tint, you pay the ticket and it's your, your baby pretty much, you know? Yeah. On our CSA score, that's, they call that glazing, right? It's not window tint. It doesn't label it out like that. They make it sound like it's some type of drug or something over. Oh, we're, we're, <laughs> we're glazing. JFW is glazing, right? <laughs> yeah. No, that's window tint. And I don't know. And that's a bummer of it because we, we want guys to be able to put that little personal touch mm-hmm. on their truck. Yeah. And, you know, it is definitely nice in the summertime not to be burning up in the truck from the sun. Yeah. And, you know, some of the guys do take it a little bit far and it's it's not safe for backing or driving, really. But, yeah. you know, in any event, we had a guy get pulled over yesterday in Utah. Um, I would say <laughs> it could have went a little bit better. You know, so this is the first time that we've been pulled over with the EL, running ELD logs that I'm aware of, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever been pulled over with that before. And uh, there was a little bit of confusion about hours of service because typically we're running the short haul exemption in town where you're, you're allowed to work a 14-hour day, and that's combined driving, working, loading, unloading. You don't have to run a logbook. We just run a local timesheet. Well, when you go out of town, you run the ELD. So the trooper was confused because, first of all, the driver did do a good job. He called me and said, hey, I'm trying to transfer this to the, to the web services for the, for the trooper to see it. It's not going through. So I had to make an adjustment. Uh, I had to add in our DOT number, which was in every single truck but the one that got pulled over. So, again, <laughs> I, I take responsibility for that. That was an easy fix, though. But then the trooper's looking at his hours of service, and the next thing I know is, hey, do you want to talk to the state trooper on the phone? He's in the truck. I'm like, well, sure. And there was just confusion because he could see that the truck had moved the day before, but our driver wasn't assigned to the truck. Well, our driver was on a short-haul exemption. He doesn't need to be logged into the ELD. So it seemed like the trooper was actually confused and frustrated. So finally, he was just like, that's fine. He's like, I'm not going to write you up for any hours of service. And and we didn't get a ticket for, for hours of service. What we did get a ticket for, 
or I should say a citation or written up for on the driver inspection report was we didn't have the proper documents in the truck. And that, those documents, I could pull it up on my phone right now. Give me a second. One of them is the ELD driver's manual. One of them was the trooper called it a cheat sheet, but it is actually a, a data diagnosis and malfunctions guide. So if something happens to the LD, this is how you fix it. And the other one's a data transfer guide, and that explains how to get the state trooper or the FMSCA your logbooks, right, your logs. So we didn't have that. So he ended up writing them for a crack windshield, which supposedly doesn't have intersetting cracks. We're going to get pictures today. The window tint, we're guilty of that. But then these documents, and the documents are right in the app, guys. So if you go into your Geotab Drive app and you look under the ELD info, all those documents are right there. So we were in compliance on that. But the driver didn't know, and I, I can't blame the driver. You know, he, di he didn't know. He apparently didn't look at that part of the app. And, you know, I had to do a little research myself to find it. But we know now, guys. So spread the word. I sent a text message out with pictures to everybody that's on the ELD system currently. <clears throat> but these are little mistakes that we don't need to get violations for. We're going to fight it. Jim, you're going to get me the info, and I'll shoot off a pretty email and put a bow on it and, and try to get these taken off. But... You know, these are just things that we need to be more aware of, and I take responsibility for that as well. But I will say we need to speak to law enforcement officers. When I say better, the driver was super respectful. So he wasn't giving the, the state trooper a hard time at all. But you need to be able to explain, hey, I'm on an ELD today. My truck may have been moving yesterday, but I was on a short haul exemption. Or if I was off, another driver was driving my truck. You know, the trooper said, well, those logs need to be assigned to somebody else. But if the other driver was on a short haul exemption, we're not going to assign that to him either. You know, so there was a little bit of confusion. And I honestly believe, like, I don't know, I, I feel like the guy got frustrated and just gave up on, on the logbook part of it. So so do we do we kind of lucked out, Jim, basically. And, and I mean, li listening to you, Jim, when, you know, like you said, and, and it was Mike that, that got pulled over. Um, you know, in the respect part, but we're after you guys, along with us learning, is you guys being uh, educating yourself on what going, what's going on, and, and we'll, we'll keep talking about this, but, you know, think about when you get pulled over, if you're a guy running out of town, what are you going to expect to happen? What do you think the trooper, the, the cop, whatever, is going to ask you? You know, be prepared. Uh, Mike, for example, you know, like Jam said, we're not blaming you guys. Uh, you know, Jesse, Troy, uh, Potter, you guys, you know, that's a group of guys I can just think of quick running out of town. Think of a stop, a roadside stop. You're going to get pulled over. What's he going to ask you? Well, yeah, he's going to ask you about the ELD. Do you know enough about it? Do you know where those are in the in your app? You know, and which we didn't either. We're all learning together. It's brand new at the first of the year. You know, be prepared for those questions. You know, what did I do yesterday? Hey, I ran in town. I know when I'm doing my bamboo app, it's a short haul exemption. That's what I clicked. Be able to show the officer, this is what I did yesterday. I loaded, this is when I stopped, started my log. You know, be be prepared to to expect what the question is. And and before we started the, the podcast here, we talked about that a little bit is so I don't get too far off you guys, is you know, 
you you tear off a mud flap. What what are what are you expected to do, and what is a company we're expected to do? What's the next step? We preach that all the time. What's the next step? What am I expected to do, or or what do I expect to do? I'm stuck in the snow. What do I expect to do? You know, I'm I'm, you know, the loads froze. It's cold. It's two degrees. What am I expected to do? What do I expect of myself? And yeah, absolutely. Uh, and don't. If you get pulled over, don't feel like you're wrong. You know, we're allowed to be right. Just because he's a state trooper doesn't make him right. You know, I know if I got pulled over, I don't know if this would work, but if the guy said something about my windshield, I would show him that the cracks are not intersecting. I would know what that law is. If they were intersecting, and I really don't know if this would help, I would see if the trooper knows that there's a windshield shortage. See if he knows that windshield companies can't get resin right now. Hey, I get it. I am in violation, but can you give me a break? You can't even go buy hamburgers at Walmart right now. So, I don't know. I would try to schmooze them a little bit and present facts and just try to make them know that you're aware and you're educated and you know what you're doing because you may actually know more about your job than the trooper knows. Yeah, the right word there that you used, Jam, I was waiting for you to finish, but educated. You need to be educated enough to educate the trooper. Yes. You know, we've talked about windshields here several times, probably not on the podcast, but you know, I think we've actually sent out a bamboo. There is a national shortage of windshields. I hope everyone knows that, and it's mainly due to the resin. So we can't even get windshields right now. Anytime our shop can can get them, they scrounge everyone available. So so we're trying to cover the worst windshields there are. But you can have three cracks as long as they're not intersecting. You know, did we explain that to the trooper? Because if everyone understands what that trooper deals with every day. Every person he stops goes, oh, I don't know. Right. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> right. Or he lies to him. When well, you're educated and professional and you know what the rules and regulations are and you politely explain it to them, they're usually pretty wowed because the majority of their stops that day, that week, or that month is the, oh, oh, oh I, don't know. I don't know. This is my first time using it. I'm, I'm not sure. What should I do? How is it supposed to be? Right? Well, instead of asking him the questions, that's Jim's point. We should know that. You should know that. Educate yourself. It's like a pre-trip inspection, right? You should you should know how many 30 seconds that tire should be allowed to have on it. If he looks at it and says, that tire's out of service, you go, why? And he says, well, it's bald. There's no tread on it. You can look at him and go, well, there's more than two 30 seconds on every tire on this truck, except for the steer tires, and they have to have four 30 seconds. And he would look at you like, wow, you know that? You know, you would, you just educated him possibly so, or her. So know those things, be educated because they want to deal with an intelligent person, not someone who's, who's trying not to, to get out of something by pretending they don't know what the problem is. right? Right. I mean, that's it in a nutshell. Don't pretend to know, not know what the issue is or the problem is. You, you know, either come off and own it and go, wow, I had no idea that. Thanks for enlightening me. But on these things, here's where we're at. You know, I didn't know the one thing, but I know the rest. So those things help. But again, in a tone and in a politeness, a kindness that that you're explaining to him or her, that we don't upset that state patrolman. Yeah, I'm I'm just kind of thinking back to the conversation I had with the driver. And I do recall the driver telling me I gave him as little information as possible. And I just think I just think that's the wrong thing to do. Give Absolutely, him, give them all the information as possible. Yeah, you know what I mean. I got confused on the telephone between 
the trooper being confused and, and I, it wasn't really clear to me what what they were looking for, what the trooper was looking for. So right. I think we all just kind of threw our hands up in there and walked away from the from the house of service part, you know. Right. But it, it could have been presented differently where it's like, yeah, here's everything and it's right. Right. So, And the great thing is now we know, Jim. Oh, yeah. I'm, you know, if, if we're stopped, if you've reached out and texted all of the guys that are out of town, mm-hmm. the people that are listening to our podcast, yep. I mean, man, it's right there on your phone. You yeah. need to know that that cheat sheet, you've got it right there in GeoTab on the phone. Yep. If you need to know the the instructions, they're right there on the phone. Yeah. I do know one of the big things is you, by law, have to be able to transfer that log to whatever device. They are required to do that. Yes, but if you're in a zone, and this is something I learned yesterday, let's say you're in a place that doesn't have service. There's a, I'll pull the app up again because this is pretty cool. There is a... No pen. Sorry, guys. There's something called a compliance print. So it even says having trouble, question mark, compliance print. And you hit that, and it'll give you the records where the cop could just look through your phone and see what you've done. It actually, oh, there prints, you go. Out, actually prints out the logbook I'm showing the guys now. So yeah. yeah, that was a question I had. And speaking of the actual logs, you are required by law to have eight blank paper logs in your truck in case your ELD fails you're still able to run a logbook. That's something the driver did really well. He had 10 logbooks on him or log sheets on him. So that, that was good. It, that, spe- speaking to that too, with the with the eight logbooks, in case your log fails, your electronic log fails, mm-hmm. you have to have the, the verbiage to go, my phone broke, I dropped it, this right. is my electronic logbook, I just switched to my paper logs, right. I carry eight of them in the truck because I'm required to, that's what we're talking about is to be able to tell a story and, and help people out, you know, educate the trooper like, like Dave said. Um, something I want to say, and I, I think I've you know, possibly said it here in the podcast, is intelligently talk or, or like we're, we're thinking you're smart or not smart or whatever. It also shows the trooper when you're talking to him or trying to help or you know, tell them about the 4.30 seconds or the 2.30 seconds is a passion about your your job and and pride in what you do and uh, you know i just want to quickly bring him up jesse just last week got pulled into the port and they said he was overweight and jesse's like you know you guys i'm not you know and i think he was respectful i know jesse and and he basically argued but he argued and here's the word intelligently but he argued articulately articulately or passionately Right. And he said to the to the guy at the port, here, here's my axles, here's my gross, this is what I have. Is there any way you'll let me reweigh? And and I think that happened. And Jesse reweighed and he weighed a little bit different. And right. the, the trooper was like, Thanks. You know, this this was a good stop. this was great and, and he got out of it. And then, you know, one one more thing, not to interrupt, you know, Dave and Jam, um, but quickly the stop started you know, whether the windshield was cracked or not, because I doubt I, he could see the, the, the cracks, is the, the stop or the, the inspection started because we had illegal tint. Right. You know, the one last week where we got pulled into the port and fully inspected, the driver didn't have a seatbelt on. That was illegal. All of these things start usually with something that's visually illegal. And I know Super Dave's gonna talk about like the, the hoses rubbing on the deck plate. 
But we convict ourselves with how we handle our our vehicles, our business, our jobs, you know, and, and I wanted to throw that out, that it all started with us doing something illegal that everybody knows we shouldn't be doing. So, yep. yeah, if I didn't if I didn't rob your thunder, you guys. No, this, this is a discussion. Absolutely, <laughs> Everyone's yeah. allowed to talk. I, I just want to throw out there when we're talking about, you know, being educated about your job, I don't think the show's on TV anymore, but everybody's used to watch cops, oh, yeah. right? Bad boys, bad boys, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, don't you love when they like bust somebody and they look at them, they've got them handcuffed and they're leaned up against the trunk or the hood of the car or whatever. And they're like, do you have anything in your pockets? And they're like, no, I don't have anything. You know, do you have any weapons? No, I don't have any weapons. You know, and they, they reach in their pocket and they like, I don't know, I'm making it up. Pull out a knife. Is this your knife? No, I don't know whose knife that is. <laughs> well, they're in the pants you're wearing. You know, I, I saw one one time years ago. He reached in, do you have any drugs on you? No, I don't have any drugs. Pulls out this, I don't know, dime bag of Coke. I don't even know if that's a thing, right? <laughs> anyway, he says, uh, are these your drugs? No, they're not my drugs. Well, how come they're in your pocket? Well, these aren't my pants. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? Come on. You know what I mean? So anyway, you guys can tell just by the dime bag of Coke how highly educated I am on drugs. But anyway, yeah, it's... it. Man, be educated. W- wouldn't you rather tell that cop up front, yeah, hey, I, I got a bag of Coke in my pocket. You're going to find <laughs> no. it. <laughs> no, I wouldn't want to tell him that. <laughs> well, hopefully you're not in that situation, Jan. But, yeah. I mean, I, I know, you know, I got a ticket years ago. I'm talking, oh, my God, 35 years ago. I crossed a double white line. I got off two and a quarter, and I was headed to Aurora Mall. When I got off to go east, I needed to make a left on whatever that frontage road is. So I shot across like three lanes of traffic. One of them was a double white line. Well, two cars in front of me did it. Two cars behind me did it. I was in the middle of a pack of five cars. This cop was waiting for us to all make our left. He pulled all five of us over. And I'll never forget. I'm like, what what am I getting pulled over for? You know, I didn't even really realize because I'd, I'd done the infraction and then sat there for a long time waiting for the light to change. I get pulled over and the cop, he just makes his way from the last car up all five of us. And I remember hearing loud voices and I look in the mirror and the guy behind me is arguing with him. And the cop comes up to me and I'm like, oh, this this isn't going to go well. you know. And he just wanted my information and I'm like, hey, what did I do? Because I, I was so young at the time, I didn't even know. And he goes, hey, you, you crossed some double white lines back there. That's illegal. And I was like, oh, wow, I had no idea. I, I apologize. I, I, you know, I didn't know that was a thing. And I, I Clearly, I got my driver's license. I should have known that was a thing, right? I was at fault. Like, I'm so sorry for doing that. I I was so focused on making the left up here that that's it happened, right? Sorry, man. So, of course, he ticketed all five of us, but he took a minute and he wrote on the back of that ticket that I was that I was apologetic for what I had done and I was polite and thankful for his services. And when I went to court on it, that judge read that and he dropped it to like a one point defective vehicle. Well, the guy that was with me in, in court the same day that got the ticket that was arguing with the cop, he got a four point ticket <laughs> because he was ignorant and argued with the cop, right? And, and was demeaning and whatnot. So, I, you know, there you go. You can do something wrong. You can, you know, I was ignorant, right? I, I should have known that was illegal. I took that on my driving test, but I, I just. It was one of those things when you're young and dumb and it happened, right? So anyway, there you go. I mean, there was my example of, hey, I, I, I got a little further being honest and 
polite and whatnot. So and there's a big difference between ignorance and arrogance. <laughs> True. I mean? Oh yeah. And yeah. I'm True. not. I'm not saying our driver in Utah was either one of those. Right. Things, to be no, clear. No. But <clears throat> yeah, the, the more respectful you are and the more knowledgeable you are, the better. I mean, we go through it here. When we got to talk to a driver about something that happened, you know, when the driver's kind of like, uh, I don't know, you know, like. Ride you back into the bin. What bin? Like, you know, that's not gonna that's not gonna do them very good. Yeah, you know, I've been listening to everything and being quiet, but I've had my share over the years of of um, you know meet and greets with police officers and whatnot. And I'll tell you, they're so used to it of getting confrontational, being yeah. confronted with anger and ignorance and lied to. Well, absolutely. That's you know, not my coke. You, you greet that guy with positive energy and knowledge and be well-spoken. And, uh, man, that just goes a long way. You could, I mean, learn something. Maybe he could learn something. Like you said a little bit ago, Jim, you know, we know what, we have knowledge here. Let's let's express that to the cop and, and maybe impress upon him like, oh, okay, you know, this guy does know a little bit about what he's doing. And, we are so we should be anyway subject matter experts we're professional drivers yeah. let's learn everything we can and use it in our uh you know in our benefit so fancy dave subject matter right. experts yeah that's, that's awesome dave <laughs> that's yeah like some what, csi stuff that's yeah one mustache. of my favorite stories about that super dave because when you were telling earlier dave about the cop pulling you over and and them you know being lied to and and all that kind of stuff and and dave your meet and greets I don't know if you guys know it, and I want to tell him thank you, but John Borquez that fills in here, you guys, once in a while, he started his career with this probably 30 years ago driving as a driver, and he spent his career as an Aurora Police Department, Aurora Police Officer, I believe 25 years is what he made, and then retired. And so, John, thank you for your service, man, being a frontliner, the whole bit. I've always, I know you personally and went to high school with you, but I've always felt safe knowing you're out there. But he, I did a ride along with him years ago, and uh, we we pulled this car over just because the headlights weren't on, and John was just doing a safety thing. You guys, you guys have all seen cars in the middle of the night with no no headlights on, right? Yep, blinking, right. one one eye. Yeah, one eye and, and all that kind of stuff. And and uh, John, you know, hit the lights, and it, it, you know, I can tell you now, it was a woman we pulled over, which has nothing to do man or woman or whatever, but. We, we stopped the, the lady, and John, I walked up there with John, and the woman was like, what the F are you pulling me over for? What the F are you doing? You don't have any rights to pull me over. You don't have this. And, and we got back in the car, and I was blown away. I was blown away with the disrespect that he received. And guys, that's, that's at least 20, 15 to 20 years ago. And John's like, and he, and, he, and he brushed it off, and he goes, you know, I'm going to run her, run her plates or run her driver's license and stuff. And on top of all that, you know, John's joking with me, and he goes, you know, this is where we sometimes give attitude tickets. You know, he's giving me the inside scoop on the attitude tickets because he just got treated like shit. And he says, what do you think? And I'm like, well, let's run her license. Let's let's see where she's at, you know? How dirty is she? Yeah, how, you know, <laughs> in our, horrid. you know, I guess not to get John in trouble because he's retired, but um, our bet was if she had a bunch of tickets, let's give her another ticket, you know? And if she didn't have any tickets, she gets to, to drive off, you know? Her record was spotless. Fair she, enough. She hasn't, she hadn't been pulled over in, I don't know how long it was. And, but... 
she had no tickets, she hadn't been pulled over, all that kind of stuff. Why have that attitude? Why be so upset when John walked back up and he goes, can you turn on your lights for me? That's all I did. It's a safety stop. It's dangerous for other people and yourself not to have your lights on. But she was so defensive. And, and as it brings me back, we have that with drivers. Jam, you just mentioned it. And Dave and Super Dave is we approach a driver and hopefully we approach you in the correct way or a, a non-aggressive manner. And we're trying to give you a safety tip, you know, and, and help you out. And again, my favorite word is to be better. And, and be safer with other people. We, we just, me and Dave just spoke with Jasmine the other day and, and uh, she did what we kind of thought was not a, a good driving situation in her personal vehicle. And not that we want to pick you guys off, pick on you in, in your personal vehicles, but if you drive your personal vehicle that way, sometimes you may drive the company vehicle that way. So anyway, we had a discussion with her. Habits are habits, right? Yeah, habits are habits. Yeah, and and I I know Jam's probably got a saying for that too, you know. Do you want it? Yeah, hit it, hit it, hit it, Jam. The way you do one thing is the way you do everything. (laughs) Right, you guys? And and so in the discussion with Jasmine, and and she started off defensive, which she was late for one of the meetings. She, She had really good, solid reasons of why she was driving like that. But as we discussed it with her and, and told her our side that we were trying to, you know, make her safer, make the people on the road safer, and that she did a really good job for us driving. She's a really good driver. And she goes, you think so? And we're like, yeah, we do. You wouldn't be employed here working for us, be part of the JFW family if all you guys didn't do a basic good job of driving. But can we? Can you be better? And can we be better? Absolutely. And that's where all this goes. On a stop, be better on how you communicate to an officer. Absolutely. And I was joking around a little bit. You know, Scooby has asked me like, "Why don't you talk about things?" But I know I made a dad joke about it. But I will tell you that a traffic stop and a Facebook post led to my return to JFW. <laughs> <clears throat> I got pulled over, and uh, I just kind of posted on my experience with the cop and how it went and then uh you know jim noticed that and brought me in for an interview so <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Long story I, I, I got a bl- brag on jam you know you guys he, he doesn't talk that much about himself and but that post and that stop read everything about his character and we're like you know what that's a guy we need to have back here um as part of the team and and we discussed it with super dave to help super dave in the hiring because Super Dave and Jam, and Jam's not doing it as much because he's got other assignments, but when you when you interview somebody, those two are the face of JFW. They're, our fir- they're the first contact, and when Super Dave calls you on the phone, that's the first contact. They're representing the family, and, and that's the reason these two guys are so extraordinary because they, they are the face and the, and the, the first contact. My point is... Be respectful to the <laughs> to the law enforcement officer if you get Absolutely. pulled over. It'll go a lot further. You know, yeah. I didn't get a ticket. I got let go and I got a job. So that's that <laughs> that should tell you something about how to treat and respect police officers if you get pulled over, especially in a JFW trip. Yep, so it's like a hat down. trick, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, let's see. You guys got anything else on that, or you want to move on to procedures? 
Yeah, or the, do you think we talked enough about we care about you? I mean, I covered, I kind of just. You kind of touched on it, but yeah. let's keep going. Yeah, just just <laughs> when we when we do say something to you or, or have, a, have a conversation with you, usually it's about that we care about you guys. I know I want, I want to bring Andrew Fentner back up is, you know, he, he, he was just struggling with some driving techniques, okay, like we all do. We get in some bad habits, you know. I, I don't use my turn signal when I come out of my neighborhood every morning because it's, you know, 4.30 in the morning, nobody's around, so I don't use my turn signal. That's a bad habit, you guys. And, and he had some bad habits, and obviously he's working hard at changing them, but he was pretty defensive at the, at the start of the meeting. And, he's, and one of the things he said to us is, you know, I know I've done these bad things, but you're not recognizing me for my good things. I wish you could see the good things I've done. And we were like, Andrew, you wouldn't be in this room if we didn't recognize the good things you were doing. Right. And we're taking the time to try to make you better again and us better, that, that same old word, and we're trying to do it with respect. Same with Jasmine. You know, me and Dave, you know, a lot, lot like it was a long drive, but we purposely drove back with her as she parked, not to yell at her, not get her in trouble, but, hey, can we all be better together? And, and we care about you. So, again, we're, you know, I mentioned the creed. I have it laying here in front of me. We tried to live the creed in our company and outside our company in our personal lives. Yes. And I know when Dave interviews people, he mentions the creed and we developed the creed because it was personal. Well, that's how we live our personal lives. And we can we could all do a better job at our business and and in our personal lives, I think. Every one of us. I I make mistakes every day. Absolutely. I've never worked at a place where we pour into people so much. You know, you could go work for a bigger corporate company and, man, if you mess up, it's kind of like they'll just pull the rug right out, out from under you. We give people chances. We pour into you. We coach you up. We try to make you better. You know, we put energy into becoming better because, really, we thought enough of you during the interview to bring you on board here. Super Dave thought enough of you to hire you. So if you're good enough to be hired, you should be good enough to be coached and poured into. So, And then, you know, as far as living the creed outside of work, I love what Linda said during the steering committee meeting the other day. When we were, I'm not gonna not gonna talk about what it was, but she had a, a coin phrase. Is that is that a word? Coin phrase? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. She had a coin phrase, and she said, "I am the creed," and I just I really like that. Yeah. So you yeah. can't just be the creed at work. If you're gonna if you're gonna be the creed, that's gonna be in work and out of work. Absolutely. Yeah, she coined that phrase. She, well, well put, Jim. Yeah. yeah. She coined the phrase. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's in your, in your. I mean, that's what we're talking about is everywhere. It's in the company vehicle and it's in your personal vehicle. Right. You know, Jim and I, by coincidence, we've, I don't want to say we've developed this habit, but it seems like we don't have a lot of time to just speak freely between the two of us about things that we need to discuss here at work. And when we carpool three days a week, We've wound up sitting here in the corner of our parking spot for like 15 or 20 minutes in the pickup, continuing to discuss work on just subject matter that we're discussing and some of our stuff with our parents as well, you know. And anyway, where we park, you look straight up the street. And it's amazing, Jam, the people coming to work, how many of them sail the stop sign? Mm. 
here at 53rd turning onto Newport. Right. And I'm talking sail it. Right. Like, oh, I hit some brakes because I need to turn, not because there's a stop sign. You know, it's a glance to the right. I'm making a left and off I go. And, you know, I mean, that when you're in such a hurry to get to work that you blow through a stop sign, you know, if a cop were there, you'd get, clearly get a ticket. And I, I guess those are things. We've had some that are so blatant. It's like, oh, my gosh, I, we need to go say something because we're worried about that person. Right. So when you say we pour our energy into you, that's not to go yell at you because you ran a stop sign. It's exactly the words you used. We are pouring our energy into you to be better because we want to be better and we know you can be better and we can all be better. So that, that's the, that's the energy. That's where you're donating your time. And, and it's a gift, you know, we're, we're giving you a gift. So that's, that's the cool part. I think I like it, which, which can lead us into the procedures here Jim, (laughs) with the, like getting stuck in the snow, you know, we're going to pour ourselves into you on how, on how to do it. Right. And I I know you helped a driver out the other morning that was stuck in our own yard here and, and we failed because we didn't educate him well enough on what that truck can do and how to do his, how, how not to do his job, but how that truck operates. You went out, drove the truck right out of where it was stuck. And he was thinking you had some kind of magic, like you had voodoo on the tires or yeah, something. I think he said, holy guacamole. <laughs> so weird. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, one of you guys want to, want to talk about that, Super yeah. Dave, about, you know, being stuck in the snow? Sure, sure, yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to start off by saying getting stuck in the snow is very different from getting stuck in mud. Um, if you're ever stuck in mud, your best plan of action is just to stop and get out chances are you're not going anywhere no matter how hard you work at rocking back and forth and you better just go find somebody that has a chain and pull you out because otherwise you're going to tear something up when you're stuck in the snow um there's a lot of things you can do um first get all the material out from in front of your drive tires in other words if you have a bunch of uh snow piled up in front of the drives dig it out with a shovel so you have less resistance um but also just start by locking your differential in before you even start going. Lock your diff in. Start in a higher gear so you don't spin the tires. So start in second or third gear. Let that clutch out nice and slow and gently. The very worst thing you're going to do is to spin those tires. Because if you spin the tires on the snow, you just create ice and you will never get traction on ice. So you never want to spin your tires. Let your clutch out gently, start in second or third gear, and never gun it. The minute you gun it and start spinning those tires 100 miles an hour, you will not get going because you've just created a sheet of ice underneath you. If you do try a few times over and over and you're not going anywhere, again, you're better off just stopping and regrouping because you're going to tear something up. It's very easy to, to uh, um, you know, snap an axle or ruin a uh, rear end by treating the truck poorly and and using too much force if all else fails get your chains out and put some chains on and then try it over again when do i engage my power divider dave before you even start so should my wheels be spinning when i engage my power divider no, in fact, on the old trucks, it said it says that on the dash. Do not engage if wheel is spinning. I don't know if it still says that on the newer <laughs> trucks, but no, you you can't. It'll that'll definitely tear something up. 
And right. What What if I don't have a clutch? Good question. Same thing. You start out in a tire, uh, a taller gear. And How do I you, do that? You have to do it on the stem, as Mike calls it. You click your gears up or down on on your manually. I can do that. I can yeah. do that on the automatic. Yeah, you know, you have to do that just when you get loaded at the sand pile. You need to go down to first gear before you start. Yeah. So just. Uh rewinding to the driver yesterday he was a new driver in this truck i think he's an experienced driver 003 he, he was in a single axle yes. yeah so you know just to kind of go over that you know you got your bomber switch which will let their they're out of the rear airbag to put more pressure on that front drive but <clears throat> yeah i jumped in the truck and you know i just did exactly what super dave did i, I started in a tall gear and i just eased on that clutch so little just like i don't want this tire to spin at all and it just pulled right out of where he was stuck at. And he thought it was some truck trickery for sure. So I was like, here, you know, I back back up to where he was. I was like, here, you try it, you know. And <clears throat> he tried it at first and spun out a little bit. I was like, because I explained to him, you need less clutch. Spun out a little bit. I was like, you need even less clutch than that. <laughs> and, like, literally I was watching his foot move so slowly because the door was open so slowly on that clutch. And he just pulled out. He's like, wow, that's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So we're down to nine of those trucks now. Uh, we only have nine trucks left in the fleet that have clutches right. and the single drives by coincidence, right? Bye, so Felicia. to do that in an automatic, I, I was kind of not razzing Dave, but I like to, <laughs> I like to, you know, question that, get a little more information out there. Not to quiz Dave because Super Dave knows, and it's kind of one of those things we've talked about. Like when you teach someone to drive, you do so many things automatically, you don't really realize it. If you had to make a list just to move a vehicle would probably be 30 items and you do them automatically that you don't think about it. But to teach someone to do that is a different scenario. So to do that in a truck with an automatic and not spin a tire, what equals letting the clutch out slowly, you've taken the transmission, you've moved it from automatic mode to manual mode. You've upshifted the transmission. I don't know if all the trucks will go to fourth gear, but I know third gear, if you can get fourth gear, get fourth gear. We have what's called urge to move when you let up on the brake pedal, right? So you've put the truck in manual mode. You've upshifted to the highest gear you can get, meaning third or fourth gear. They're, they, they're defaulted. They won't go past that. It'll beep at you if you keep trying it. And you've engaged your power divider. Now, if you just lift your foot real fast off the brake, that's the same as letting the clutch out fast. But if you kind of ease up on that brake pedal a little bit, and ease up a little more, start to feel the truck to move, maybe even give it a little, a, a tiny push in on that brake pedal. That is equal to letting that clutch out slowly. And that urge to move is taking place. It's trying to move that truck. So those are the same ways. You're doing the same thing as letting the clutch out by letting off of the brake slowly. You're in manual mode. You're in the highest gear you can click it into. And you can, you know, generally do the same thing that, that, you know, Jam did in, in this driver's truck. So those are some of the new ways we need to approach the newer equipment with those items. Yeah, you're, you're spot on, Dave. It's like the snowstorm yesterday. And it's just because, you know, we've spent all these years educating ourselves or learning about it. But it's the same with the power dividers. You know, some of the rock trailers headed over to the snow yard. I mentioned to him yesterday, 
you can lock the power divider in and leave it in. The computer will kick it out, and I think it's, what, 30, 35, the computer kicks it out? Yeah, somewhere around there. It could even be 20 or 25, Jim. I, I really don't know. But, I, I, you know, I was telling the driver, I like, when you leave here, throw the power divider in. It's not going to hurt anything. That gives you an extra tire spinning. It divides the power in case you'd slip, you know. And, and when we talked about it yesterday, you know, most of you guys go out, and we turn up uh, 53rd here, and you go, run right up to the light here at Quebec. And, you know, me, from years of experience and having our guys do it, you know, I, Dave, uh, when I was talking about the power divider, uh, Brother Dave was like, hey, and also, you know, go to the bottom of the hill here so you can easily get started out into on 56 because you're not facing uphill and probably the, the slick area. So, it, you know, we have to think of so much, and you guys have to think of so much too when you're doing it. But, you know, again, educate yourselves about your truck, your equipment, you know, your airbags, dropping them, raising them, power dividers, all the stuff we talk about every day. Yeah, JR had just mentioned this morning, because it was so cold, all the trucks that are out running doing the snow removal, that hydraulic fluid is 9 degrees this morning. Yeah. Oil, when it's thick, that viscosity is thick. It doesn't like to move. I mean, if you guys go stand outside for 30 minutes or 45 minutes, you're not going to move very fast. I guarantee it. You know, you could sprint indoors. You're not going to go stand outside for an hour and move that fast. So keep in mind, that oil is like that. You can't just engage the PTO or turn on the blower and just wind that truck up. It it's it is not healthy on it. So I could probably move just as fast in the cold, but I'll probably blow something out or <laughs> pull something or fall or fall. Right? Same, yeah. same thing with the truck. Like, break yeah, a hose. Yeah, you may do it, but you're gonna break something. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. Right. <laughs> Soup. What do you think about hoses dragging on catwalks? Well, I'll tell you one thing. When you go through a port of entry and they're looking at you through the window, that's one of the first things that they're looking at. All right. And they're going to pull you over and to ask you to park and come in if, <laughs> if they see that. I can add two more things right quick before you get started on, on hoses on the deck plate there. We just got a ticket for tinted windows. They're looking for that. We just got a ticket for no seat belt. They're right. looking for that. Right. right? They're looking for the, the hoses dragging the deck plate. Jam's words were cherry pick. Yep. That's just cherry picking. Those are the yep. easiest things to pick out. And we should be aware of them, right? right. This is this is our profession, yep. right? Let's be professional at it. Let's it, let's be the pro at it. Yeah, and Super Dave, I mean, really, really push home. You know, we're talking about dragging the hose on the deck plate. Okay, what safety thing is that? What does that cause? What what is the what is the patrolman looking at you and going? Look at this, I'm going to say it, look at this idiot with the hoses on the deck plate because what's going to happen, Dave? you you got to drive that home. Sure. Well, ultimately, it could cause brake failure and death, right? <laughs> because that means your air hoses are rubbing on essentially a cheese grater because those deck plates are sharp as, I mean, I've cut my hand on those before yeah. and bled. But... Um, it's not even rubbing, and this is something that I learned through experience. But if you have the plastic airlines, one's red, the other one's blue, right? They could be completely in the air. However, when you turn too tightly, they will stretch out and perhaps bend your pogo stick down and rub on the, the deck plate, right? Well, anyway, if those airlines are even the slightest bit out of color, in other words, Underneath that red color is white. Those that's white plastic. If you have if you have any of that red or blue color missing, 
those airlines could be six inches off the deck plate, but as that officer looks at them and sees that they're discolored, he'll write you up for it. So I shouldn't just carry an extra mud flap on the deck plate and let the lines rub on it I was gonna ask instead of the that. deck plate? Is that still rubbing? It is still rubbing, right? It is. <laughs> um, you know, if you if you do have the uh, rubber airlines that are not coiled and they're, they're straight, you can easily turn those around and look and see the scuffing on them, right? It's a flat but spot, right? It is a flat round. spot, Jim. You know, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. And um, ultimately, that could lead to... Uh, you know, a loss of air pressure and then your brakes won't work and you won't find that out until you're going down a hill and you kill somebody. Or, yeah. on, or on a cold day. I mean, I, I when I came in last week, one of the that last snowstorm, one of the trucks were alongside the road and Mitch was up there fixing it. And I'm sure it, it was thin because it had a flat spot in it and it snapped in the cold. You know, it causes, I mean, that, that just not doing our jobs just yeah. causes so many things. Yeah, Same I with the electric you, line dragging you, on there. Sure, you know, I always used to, okay, you're, you're going down the highway, you know you're coming up on a port of entry, and I was always so worried about clearing that port. I, I would get nervous when I'd come up to the to the building and you have to pull on the scale. And I got to interrupt you, Super Dave. <laughs> why were you nervous? Why were you thinking about it? Why, why did that matter to you? Um, I want everything to be right, you know? So what I was going to say was that I would pull over at you know, an exit ramp or an, a point, you know, we had manually adjusting brakes back then, you know, maybe I had just come down two mountain passes. I'd come over Vail. I'd come over, um, you know, another mountain pass. And, uh, I was going to say Eisenhower, but, um, either way I would check my brake adjustments before I hit the port just to make sure they were all good, that I didn't have a slack adjuster screwing up and, I would check my hoses on the deck plate. I would check my tarp. I would check everything that I felt necessary. I'd walk the truck, make sure I didn't have an air leak that I wasn't aware of. And then I felt confident, okay, you know, I'm gonna cruise down there and just slide right through that port and everything's good. Yeah, you had your shit together, right? To put it bluntly. <laughs> well, you know, and that's the thing too, you know, the driver that went through the port without putting his seatbelt on, he claimed ignorance. Yeah. And that bothered me. Yeah, and it was. I mean, if you if you're talking about that, Dave, one of the other things with the driver, and I I got to I got to pick on him a little bit. The uh, inspection, I, I call him a periodic sticker because you have to have your vehicle periodically inspected, which is once a year for safety for the DOT that JFW does. And what's the other name for the sticker, you guys? A FWHA sticker. Yeah, the FWHA sticker. Well, guys, happen to be on a bulk trailer, so I'm going to hit all you bulkers. Um, the valves, the gauges, everything is right where the, the sticker is at. And the sticker had the number blown off of it or we did miss inspecting it. But the bulker guys spend hours and hours blowing off and staring at that sticker. He got pulled into the port. The inspection started because of no seatbelt. And, and when the driver came in, he was kind of excited because in the inspection, and it was lucky because he had his seatbelt off that the inspector found out that the sticker was missing off the side of the trailer. And he was excited that that stop happened and we were able to find that. And I guess I find that just a little, you know, offensive or whatever, like you're not doing your job because all you bulker drivers should have seen that sticker was missing or never been inspected. And again, we're back to that. 
we're doing something illegal and not doing our job. So it, it goes back to that, Dave. Safety and your your hoses rubbing on the deck and all that stuff is we can do so much better at our jobs, all of us. Yep. It's kind of like all the weight gauges we have in the trucks. We've spent, you know, I would say roughly those gauges are about $350 each. We have two gauges in there. There's $700 per truck, right, for the gauges. And when I hear, well, I'm not sure where they're at or where they're supposed to be, you don't have to adjust those gauges on a daily basis. Right. Once they're calibrated, they last a long time. But as a guideline, check them, right? I mean, all the trucks at the West Yard, they should never, ever be out of adjustment. Because if you're in question, pull on the scale JFW owns that's 150 yards from where you park. Right. If you're curious and you don't want to waste the time at the pit, and when I say waste time, it is literally one minute. You can check your axles. Pulling on any scale, at Morton especially, you can read that readout. You pull on, you know what your steers are. Pull the rest of the way on, get your drives on. Pull the rest of the way on, get your trailer on. Boom, you just figured out your axles. You just have all the math. Pull off, do the math. Make sure your gauges agree with that, and you're calibrated, and it's done. And you know every load exactly what those axles weigh. Those gauges are spot on within 100 pounds on the digital gauges. So they're, they're phenomenal. And they're in every truck except the trucks with the single drives and the freight liners. I do believe maybe we have the, uh, I'm going to call them the five older Kenworths, the five older Pete's. May not have them either, but the bulk of what we own has those digital gauges, and they're they're phenomenal. So when I hear a driver say, "Oh, they're not calibrated. I don't know where they're at. I don't know what they're supposed to be." Uh, <laughs> oh my God! It just it goes through me because we're back to do your job. You know, those are the guys that those gauges aren't working are the same ones that have their hoses dragging the deck plate. Right. Right. Use the tools at your disposal. Absolutely. Be better. For your profession, be a professional. Right. Yeah, and like Super Dave, like you mentioned, how long did it take you to like stop before the port and check your truck out? I mean, how? Yeah, it was a couple of minutes, but it it was peace of mind. Oh yeah. You and, know. And how long did it save you if you got pulled in and something was right. wrong? How long would it save you? I mean, it could have saved you a couple hours or even more. What if that you did have an air leak or you had right. two brakes out of adjustment? They would shut you down and you'd be stuck there. And what's my next? Here's here's my next question. That was my next question. So as you looked over the truck and and maybe it's something that happened on your last load and you had an air leak, are you going through the port, Dave? No. <laughs> so what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, what, what, what are you doing, Dave? Well, you know, a good example is what if you you had a, a, a glad hand that just had come up and was leaking a little bit and all you needed to do was pull it down and, right. and get it back in place or readjust the, the O-ring inside, you know? Um, it could be something simple, but to me it's knowledge, you know? It's like, okay, wow. I've got a tire leaking pretty bad. It wasn't leaking when I left the pit, but now I know it's leaking. And if they do pull you in, then that's when you, you talk to the officer with knowledge and uh, positive energy and say, yep, you know what? I just pulled over a couple of miles up the road and I found that tire leaking and I'm going to have to get that fixed as soon as I can. 
Sure, sure. Yeah. And the thing I think of is an airbag. I mean, I've been out sure, there. Sure, airbag, and, yeah. You know, we're all fortunate enough here that our equipment's getting newer and newer that, you know, we don't have older airbags that just, they take a beating with the pressures and the heat and all that kind of stuff. But you might get a pinhole or a top of a airbag leaking that just started to leak before you're at the port and you know you won't clear through the port. And myself, I would be like, ah, oh, man, I, I miss that or I got a bag leaking. I would get on the company radio and go, hey, and, and this is part of the, the, the word intelligent, but knowing enough about my truck was like, because Mike's going to ask you, Chris is going to ask you, me and Dave's going to ask you, Super Dave's going to ask you, whatever, of like, well, how bad's it leaking? And when you call in, you go, hey, I found an airbag leaking. I don't think I can go through the port. I'm going to go around the port. I also checked. It's not, I'm not losing enough air that I think I'm, I'm dangerous and I need to stop right now. I'm going to go around the port, letting you guys know that I got an airbag leaking. Everything's going to be okay. Or maybe I'm like, it's leaking bad. I'm going to get over here and I, I need some help, you know, and, and communication and, and knowing your vehicle. 10-4. Well, it's time for my favorite part of the podcast, and that's questions from the audience. And we have none. So moving on to <laughs> <laughs> moving on to the high road. Looks like Holland. we have a big audience in here today too. Yeah, yeah, Live yeah. audience is pretty Woo! quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but seriously, guys, if you do have questions, I, I really do love that when people are engaged and want to know things from you guys or us. So ask questions. Yeah, we we love to try to answer. Yep. Soup, you want to hit us with the high road hauling? Yeah. Um, so. Simple question. Would you rather be happy or sad? Sad. (laughs) (laughs) Would you rather be happy or pissed off? (laughs) Right? Um, It only takes one person to make you happy and change your life, and that one person is you. What the link between uh, the way we choose to live our lives and the happiness we enjoy on a daily basis There are choices we make every day that are completely unrelated to our happiness that affect the way we feel mentally and physically. Of course, some of those decisions have to be made out of necessity without regard for happiness, you know, just out of practicality or necessity. Other decisions are best made with our happiness in mind, or maybe our loved one's happiness in mind, which usually, if we have the choice to help someone we love be happy, it makes us happy. Best to develop habits or behaviors that produce happiness. Defined as the emotional state of feeling joyful, satisfaction, contentment, and fulfillment. It can be said that we are our own worst enemies, making choices that make us miserable. So here are some tips that will help us steer yourself towards your emotional zen. Number one, start letting little frustrations go as soon as they arrive. You can't let one bad moment ruin a bunch of good ones. Happiness starts on the inside. Control your thoughts and how you react. No one else can. Number two, start focusing on what you can control. Never force anything. Give it your best shot and then let it be. Don't hold yourself down with the things you can't control. And start choosing differently. A big part of your life is a result of the little choices you make every day. If you don't like some part of your life, start thinking about the choices you made and change them for the better. Start dedicating time every day to meaningful activities. What you do and why you do it matters. Even if you only have 15 minutes a day to spare, make those 15 minutes meaningful. Start replacing your worries with positive actions. 
Most of the things we worry about didn't happen. Most of the things we've worked hard for did. The same is true for the happiest and most successful people you talk to. So keep dreaming and doing and stop worrying. Start running toward things, not away from them. The best way to move away from something negative is move toward something positive. Start doing what's right, even if it's not the easiest option. Just because you can doesn't mean you should, and it's less stressful and regretful way to live in the long run. Start comparing yourself to yourself and no one else. Forget what others have and where they are. You're not walking in their shoes and you'll never comfortably walk in your own if you start comparing yourself to them. Start being more tolerant of those who see things differently. Remember, love and kindness begets love and kindness. The way we treat people we disagree with is the best evidence of what we really believe about ourselves. Start being grateful for the life that is yours. Gratitude is simply the awareness of what's good. Count your blessings no matter how small and start with the breath you're taking right now. In the quote today, a positive attitude is something everyone can work on and everyone can learn how to employ it by Joan London. Nice. That's great, Dave. Good job, buddy. Yeah, that was a great yeah. high road, Holland. Yeah, I love those. Man, I don't know where the time went. I think this is a uh, personal record in length of time for the podcast. We're almost at 126 minutes, so let's get some final thoughts going. Okay. I, I just, right quick, Jim, mine is, as we've talked through this stuff, is my word for the day is resilience, you guys. And and uh, just right quick, I, I looked that up, and psychologists define resilience resilience as the process of adapting well in the face of adversity trauma tragedy threats or significant sources of stress such as family relationships problems serious health problems or workplace and financial stressors as much as resilience involves bouncing back from these difficult experiences it can also involve profound personal growth and and the resilience there, you guys, no matter what you go through, no matter what we face, no matter what we face together, when you learn more about your truck, when you learn more about, your, you know, your spouse or whatever, it's all going to give you profound personal growth. And that's kind of my final thought is I wish everybody profound personal growth. Nice. I can kind of tie into that, Jim, about my final thoughts were be better. And it was more on the trucking side. And... Uh, I guess what I'm kind of getting at is what we touched upon, being better by completing your job, being professional. Wear that seatbelt everywhere you go. You're supposed to have that seatbelt on. It's the law. We've talked about it numerous times. You know, we talked about it just on last week's podcast about the Colorado state laws. If you're in an accident that is not your fault and you're injured, you're liable for your own injuries. That other person that caused the accident and hurt you, they're not liable. They're not responsible. I know that sounds sucky, but that's how it is. So wear that seatbelt. Check those FWHA inspections. Know how your weight gauges work and keep them calibrated. I mean, I challenge you, you all, everyone, every driver out there, I challenge you to know how those gauges work. Like Dave says, we've given you the tools. You have amazing equipment. And when I hear that, it just goes through me. So man, hone your skills be better. It's a challenge. You can, we can all do better. Stop at the stop signs. 
personal car, big truck, doesn't matter. So yeah, be better. That's my final thoughts. I get told that a lot uh, when I'm looking over people's motor vehicle records. They, they make it a point to point out that that 20 mile an hour speeding ticket didn't happen in a big truck. That was my personal <laughs> car. <laughs> I tell them it doesn't matter, dude. Right. <laughs> but uh, uh. my final thoughts today are, they go back to when I was hauling fuel. I hauled fuel for a few years. And uh, years before that, I knew a gentleman that hauled uh, propane or compressed natural gas. And I said, man, doesn't that freak you out? And he goes, no, not at all. This truck is as safe as you are. And so I would always keep that in mind when I was hauling my fuel. And it's something that you can apply any day to any truck or anything you're doing, even if you're just driving your car, but maybe it's a blizzard outside, right? You are as safe as you are. Your truck, your vehicle, anything you're driving, it's as safe as you are. You know what? I guess we could talk for hours, you guys, but that's, you know, I'm just... You just we, saying we that, Dave? <laughs> we, yeah, we have. You just saying that, though, reminds me of blowing the stop sign down here when you're coming to work. You're only as safe as you are. Yep. yep. Right? Yep. I love that. I love that. Well, that's a wrap, everybody. Hope everyone has a good, safe day and a good rest of your week. See you, everybody. Thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs>